Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 195 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colin Strickler, I'm your host, back after a couple of weeks off, uh, just a lot going on with the podcast and just in general, so uh, back this week for a real quick episode, there's a, a lot of sponsorship stuff still up in the air, so I'm going to skip a bunch of the segments today while we figure that out still, um, I anticipate that being done you know, in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I do have a good interview with everybody today with American Raptors' new head coach, David Butcher. Um, if you've been paying attention yesterday, you would have heard that the Raptors hired a new head coach after personal reasons kept Marcelo Lafreda uh, from leading the team in 2024. Uh, so I had the chance to chat with David earlier this week. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Good guy. I think the Raptors are in good hands with him. He's got a lot of good experience uh, MLR, Rugby Canada, Scotland, uh, was a very successful college head coach for Queen's University in Ontario. Um, real nice guy, and I think that he is going to bring a brand of rugby that, that people watching the Raptors can be proud of and excited to watch. So uh, looking forward to seeing all that happen this season, um, and that kind of does it for the intro. So uh, I'll be back next week, hopefully, with a more complete episode as we continue to get the segment stuff organized. Um, it's coming quick. We're, I think, about a month away, four weeks away from watching the Raptors play their first game down in South America and kicking off Season 2 of Super Rugby Americas, and it'll be here before we know it. So we'll be back, hopefully, with a more complete episode, have uh, some more good interviews, um, and it'll be you know just kind of in the swing of things for regular rugby season. So... Uh, with that, hopefully everybody enjoys this conversation with American Raptors head coach, David Butcher. All right, please be joined today on the show by American Raptors head coach, David Butcher. David, how's it going? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you for joining me. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Um, so, David, first question I ask everybody is just can you tell me a little bit about where you're from? Uh, so, uh, originally from the UK, um, Scottish descendant. Um, parents moved to, to the north of England. Um, so I grew up, grew up there the majority of my life. Um, and then, you know, I'm not going to bore you with, you know, childhood stuff. Um, got into rugby relatively late for a, for a British kid, so 12, 13. Um, 
and then round about uh, 1920 got my first academy contract and then it's kind of been a, the rugby world since then I've been one of those people that's been very very blessed to to kind of be in a job that would have been a hobby um, you know have never had a what we would, people would probably describe as a real job because it's just been rugby all the time so um, I had an incredible journey so far um, you know playing all, all over Europe and then getting some you know pretty um, you know high level rug, uh, rugby coaching jobs and you know that's kind of led me to where I am I'm today. Perfect and you even you know jumped a little ahead and asked answered my next question for me so but I am a little bit you know I'm interested in hearing about your rugby career so if you wouldn't mind just kind of you know taking us through like some of the, the bigger stops I guess or the stops that you think are prominent in your life. Yeah, sure. It's just started off in in a very small club, but a, a really great community club called uh, Middlesbrough RFC, um, which is the, the town that my, my parents moved into when they, they left Scotland. Um, you know, a, a very uh, low level club in terms of the senior rugby, but an amazing uh, youth rugby section and, and, and a fri- thriving club. Um, you know, lucky to play there with some great players, and then got an academy contract with uh, West Hartlepool that were in the Premiership at that time. Um, and then went into the, the Scotland Age Groups programme, uh, so playing uh, for their 19s and 20s, and that kind of led me to go up to a, a club in their premiership called Jed Forest for a year, um, played for them, then got a contract at a championship club called Fylde, and that then led me, after that, going to France for a few years, um, then went to Ireland for a few years and ended up uh, in a club called London Scottish uh, in the, the English Championship. Uh, got an injury then, which finished my career quite quickly. Um, and then after recovering for that, was lucky enough to get an interview with Scottish Rugby. Um, and then for eight years, I uh, got a job with them as the, one of their performance coaches, working through a variety of different age groups, levels in, in their high performance unit, which was fantastic. Learned, uh, you know, so much from the coaches that I was around, Sean Lanines, Hugh Campbells, um, you know, Gregor Townsend, you know, like, you know, name dropping everyone all over the place. But, you know, to watch those coaches operate as a young coach was, was absolutely fantastic. Scott Johnson was there at the time. So having the opportunity to, to see people like that, really the, the formative years of my coaching, I think, you know, really made me the coach I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a really kind of um, opportune moment started to talk to a, a guy who uh, used to coach for me at Scottish Rugby, um, gave me a kind of an inside track on a, a job in Canada. <clears throat> and I was looking to leave Scottish Rugby, not because it wasn't a brilliant job, but because I'd kind of hit a glass scene. I was looking for another challenge um, and started talking to the then uh, high performance manager, uh, Steve Lancaster, Steve, Lan- Steve Lancaster. At Canadian Rugby, a uh, job came up there, um, so that was my kind of venture over the pond to Canada. It was meant to be two years, we said, as a family, um, and then when we got there, we loved North America so much that found a way of, of staying there. And uh, you know, there was a, it was a two-year um, contract as the high performance manager of the, the province and working with the national uh, the national team, um, and then got a job with Queen's University that also allowed me to stay with the national team. Uh, there with them for I think it was six years. Um, was left them uh, the last year. Uh, I was meant to go into the MLR. A few things happened with the, the team I was with, so unfortunately they, they folded. Um, still working with the national team, and then through a connection through um, Scott Johnson, 
um, and Kingsley Jones, I was introduced to um, uh, Patrick Guthrie, who's here. We had a really, really good conversation about what the Raptors are. Um, and it was an opportunity for, for them. Unfortunately, they had lost their head coach uh, quite suddenly, and I was out of a contract. We spent you know, a good few weeks talking about what the Raptors were, what they were trying to achieve, and the differences, but the differences were, were a part that, that really interests me. It wasn't just going into a, you know, well, let's go into another pro club. There was there was um, some really unique opportunities here, I thought, not just in the club, but in the opportunities in the club being part of the city. I thought mm -hmm. that was really unique as well and how we were trying to develop players for, for the US. So after really extensive talks, you know, we both thought it was a, a great idea um, to, to connect with each other. And uh, that's, what, that's what brought me here. Yeah, definitely. And that, that kind of leads into the next question, too. You're doing such a good job at answering these. Um, what I guess, what did you know about the club and just, like, this competition before, you know, taking this opportunity? And I guess, like, what have you kind of learned since you've been here? So I knew a lot about, you know, the, the couple of iterations that um, Glendale's had. So when they were in the MLR, obviously mm -hmm. I coached um, against them when I was with the, the Toronto Arrows. And then I can remember reading a lot about, you know, when it became the crossover athlete thing, because I thought that was a really unique concept, uh, you know, looking at how they did it um, and, you know, the struggles they had, but also the successes they had and bringing, you know, obviously North America's got such an abundance of high-level athletes that don't go into those pro ranks and maybe, you know, where do they go? You know, having that almost umbrella um, program for those still very, very high athletes to go into, I think is an amazing thing. Um and seeing you know how they've expanded and then gone into SLA, and I do know a little, not a lot about SLA, but you know some of the players that have have been had the privilege of coaching before are now in SLA, and you're always looking at you know comparisons in leagues around the world. So you know it's very comparable to the the MLR a lot of the rugby. So you know started watching a little bit more of that. See, you know eventually you could see it being a kind of a America's wide competition. So mm -hmm. it's always good to have you know one eye on that, um, and also looking at some of the players in there when you're with Rugby Canada that you know you're going to play against, mm -hmm. so you're watching those. So in terms of the level of playing, in terms of those players, you know, I knew a fair bit about it. And I also thought it was very unique and, and didn't, before I got here, understand both the uniqueness and the challenges of having a team in the US that's going to play in South America. But, you know, I think that uniqueness is a, is, is a really, you know, almost a cool thing, you know, like there's no other team in the world that you get to, you're the one team in that nation that's going to go and play in another nation. Yeah. I think that's really unique and it was a real selling point when it came in to think, well, how are we going to do this? It's There's so many other things you're going to have to think about, not just the coaching and going into a league, but the travel, you know, different styles of play, being on the road for that long. I thought that would be an amazing challenge for me and the players and the, and the rest of the staff. Definitely. It's one of a kind. That's that's for certain. And I know last year, one of the reasons I'm so excited about this, you know, second season of being in this competition is, you know, just to see, you know, how it goes. Because last year it was everything was so, so brand new. And this year, you know, I know this is kind of your first year at the helm, but you have a, a decent chunk of guys that did it before. And that's got to be super, you know, valuable to have, the, you know, that continuity and uh, they just kind of know what they're getting into a little bit, and I'm excited to see how that translates, um, you know, when, when matches time finally start to roll around. Oh, you mentioned you were with the Toronto Arrows. Uh, were you here for that, like, infamous, like, snowball game? Were you, did, were you coaching in that? Yeah, unfortunately was, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it never been so cold in my life. Thought my toes were going to drop off. Uh, yeah. Players, you know, in hot hot showers afterwards, passing out because it was so cold. You know, sounds horrific, but you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't as bad as I'm making it sound. It, it was very unique in terms of you know I've never ever been in a played in a game 
with that sort of temperature outside. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was very unique for a forwards coach. You know, the players trying to get footholds in freezing cold ground was uh, was interesting. It was an experience. Everything's was, an experience. Yes. So it was an experience. I worked for MLR when that happened. So I was here with the league. I was in the. I was up in the in the tri club area though. So I was much warmer than you guys. But that was that was something. Something I'll never forget though. That's for certain. Um, that's awesome. So how's preseason going? I know you've been at it for a couple of weeks now, two, three weeks now. Four, week four? Uh, we're in week three. Week three, uh, sorry, yeah. In week three. Yeah, no worries. Um, how's it been going? Yeah, obviously it was, uh, you know, we were sprinting, not not jogging in with the, the timelines of coming in. Um, but I think being pleasantly surprised uh, with, you know, the raw talent that we've got, like the athleticism of some of the guys is absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, when we sit down and one of the things that, I wanted to do was you know get a sense for the the the, the people. You start talking to them, and the, the level of sport they've played already is fantastic. Um, we've we've pushed really really hard. I think harder than some of the players have, have trained before. Um, just in, tr- in terms of getting the run meters in, um, and we've been really explicit about that in terms of how fit we feel we need to be, how conditioned we feel we need to be to play the brand of rugby we want. Um, but at the same time, making sure that we've got the culture right, making sure where, you know every day is a celebration in what we do um, and making sure that the players are constantly coming in, even if it's a really hard day coming in with smiles on their faces, wanting to come here, not just because they're getting paid, but really wanting to get up every morning and come here. So, uh, you know, we're, we're not fully cooked yet and we're, we're still putting things in place, but I've been really happy so far in terms of the the culture that we're building, the the work ethic and ethos that we're putting in, and the the gains that we're seeing daily, weekly, uh, you know, since we've got here. Definitely. How would you describe your coaching style? Like when when the team finally starts playing matches, what what can we expect? Like what what fingerprints will you have on on this team? So I think you know the non non negotiable. I'm still working through some, but the non negotiables for me are like we need to work harder than any team in the the slot. And that sounds really easy because, you know, you hear a lot of coaches go, well, we need to have great work ethic. But what we're doing at the minute is defining what that work ethic is. Defining to them, you know, we call it win the races. What races are we looking to to, to win every single time we're out there? And to have a really hard-nosed approach to that. So it's not just going to be, you know, we work hard. Oh, if we don't work hard, it's okay. No, we're having a really, really hard-nosed approach to that. Both as the coaches coaching and the players' accountability on the field. And that's why we had to start. And we're still in the middle of building this culture of, a, of, a, of accountability and celebration, we call it. Because if we if we work hard, we should celebrate the fact we're working mm-hmm. hard. If someone achieves something, you know, maybe just a little call out to, to Easy Carver, who, you know, came in as not a particularly fit guy, and he hit the most run metres um, on Tuesday. So he was wow. at 4,000 metres of running, which was the highest out of anybody on the, on the pitch. So for a prop to do that, going from where he was to now, you know, it shows how hard the guys are working and want to work. So that, that, that culture is going. So, but anyway, get back to the game. You know, we, we want to see guys having the ability to outwork people, but we need to be really hard-nosed in areas like defence. So, you know, having a very rigid, hard-nosed, almost like steel start sharp and steel type defence that um, teams find really, really hard to get round. So we're forcing them to do things that they, they don't potentially want to do. And to be able to close out games and influence games through our defence 
And then the other side of the ball, almost a yin and yang. We want to be super creative and do things in attack that other teams aren't doing. Mm. So allow the guys to be creative in what they can be creative in, their athleticism, allowing them to go forward onto the ball, um, allowing us to create massive amount of pressure, but also giving pictures, shapes, things that you know maybe the other teams haven't seen before. Uh, so having that creativity. So I think it's it's definitely a yin and yang in terms of the hard-nosed defence and the, and the kind of you know, a, a very kind of run-focused attack. Okay, that's that's good to hear. And because, you know, that's like the, the what you just described is a lot of what I saw from the top teams in the competition last year. Like when you watch, it's just pounding your head against the wall, like just playing super stout defense. Um, yeah, and just working, working really hard. And like you said, it kind of sounds simple, but it's not. You know, when, when you've made... 15 tackles in a row like it it sucks to get up and make the 16th but you know doing that is the difference between wins and losses and I'm look, really looking forward to seeing how that goes this season uh, I wanted to jump back to something you said earlier about you know the the premise of this team of this organization really has been about crossover athletes and there's still you know quite a few on the roster you know despite uh, movement and stuff over these last few years um, and I, I kind of hate asking coaches this because I know it's a hard question, but it's like picking between your kids. But I, I'm just kind of curious if there are any players that have caught your eye, you know, since you've been here. I know you mentioned Easy Kava, um, who's a guy that's been around for a little bit, but um, there are a lot of, you know, crossover guys still here. And just kind of wondering, you know, who's kind of caught your eye. It doesn't even need to be a crossover guy. Who's kind of caught your eye since you've been here? Yeah, I think uh, there's there's a couple of guys that caught like can't kind of catch your eye, and I would say like are performing, you know, at the top of the group. And then there's guys. I think everybody has taken steps up in in the last two weeks. I think a guy like Mikey Grandy, uh, he's you know he's stepping up. He's not the the biggest talker in the world, but like man can like he he can really hit people. And <laughs> starting to use his weight, um, he's one of the leaders as well. You know, and, and the, the good thing about what we're doing at the minute is, you know, even though he's the, the top guys, you know, we're, we're challenging him every day to try and be better. And how do we how do we make him successful? Um, obviously, the old heads, you know, they've got Diego and Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're offering that kind of, you know, um, sort of older experience type piece, which is absolutely invaluable for some of these these younger guys coming in. Um and then you know we've got a we've got a real mixture. You know I'm really excited about the set all the centers we've got. Mm-hmm. Really excited about them. Um, we've got size, we've got power, um, and also excited uh, about the the locks we've got, which Mikey's Mikey's part of as well. So um, we've got you know, a real strength in the locks. So I kind of skirted around giving you more than a couple That's of okay. names there. That's fine. But there's <laughs> the, those are the areas that you know like we're starting to see. Wow, we've got real strength and depth here. Yeah. Um, we could could we be you know. Um, um, league leading in those areas, um, but the the good thing is there's no one at the bottom of the pile at the minute. We're, we're not talking about bottom of the pile players. That's good. You yeah. know, there's everyone. You know, there's one or two that are in every team that are writing the name into the team already. But the competition is is huge at the minute uh, in all the areas. So, you know, we look at a, a mall session we did yesterday. Um, and you know, like they're chirping each other. You know, the the same team, but they're really and like. The, the last mall of the day, we'd just done a two a day. The guys had run, you know, around about three and a half, four thousand 4,000 metres to do the last mall of the day, compete. 
they win it. They get, you know, three seconds, they drive, and then they're all in each other's faces and stuff like that, and then they give each other a hug. So, you know, yeah. like the, the competition that we've got at the minute is huge. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. I know Mikey's a guy you just talked about um, and before we were chatting, and you said you had a little bit of a background in boxing and MMA. I know Mikey, he, he also has a little bit of experience in jiu-jitsu. He told me a couple of years ago um, how – how has that translated to rugby? Like, even for you, did that translate to rugby at all? Is it just used to getting hit, being in uncomfortable positions? Like, well, how does that translate if it, at all? I think looking at, you know, the it's almost like the wrestling jujitsu thing. You know, you know how to move your body. You know how to leverage force. I think that's a huge thing, in, especially in the forwards, you know, because that's basically what we do. We, You know, we create force, we leverage force. We know where forces are. You know, how do we push? How do we move things? And that, that's all we are as, as forwards. We you know we move heavy things consistently <laughs> and hit things. So I think that there is a massive transition there um, with the conditioning as well. You know, they're a different breed, those MMA guys. Um, and I think the combative nature, I think that's when I, I went from boxing and martial arts over to rugby. What I loved is that combative nature. And I think you see you see a lot of that. So there are, you know, ma massive carryovers from each, uh, from, you know, the, the, the martial arts, the MMA to rugby. Um, but then obviously you've got the, the whole different skill sets on, on, on both both sides that you have to grasp. Yeah, definitely. All right, Dave, that's all the questions I have for you, man. I really appreciate the time. I'm really looking forward to uh, this season. And I'll be here before we know it, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, hopefully everyone enjoyed that conversation with American Raptors head coach David Butcher. Uh, certainly enjoyed getting to know him a little bit, and I'm excited to see what he brings to the team this year. Uh, like I said, be rolling before we know it. First match, uh, February 16th. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. So that does it for the show this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you had a great day. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the rugby this weekend. We'll catch you all back here next week. 